uh, to praise him and to connect together. You know, these are the days where there is uh, so much of pain, so much of tears, so much of sorrow all over the world. And in the midst of all this pain and agony, tears and uncertainty, God has kept us and has brought us into his presence this morning. You know, we have to be thankful, really. I'm not saying it because uh, it's a Sunday. I'm saying it as a human being, as a pastor, as a fellow brother and sister in Christ. We have to be really, really, really thankful to God for all his kindness every day. And uh, this morning, we are going to look into God's word. And um, before that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you that we could worship you. Thank you for your servant was... Lord, help us to, Lord, lead in singing and worship and praises to you. Father, through it all, you had been our refuge, you had been our shield, you had been our fortress, you had been our guide. You have kept us, O oh God, and we want to thank you. Father, at this time, even as we come together, Father, to listen to your word, minister to us, speak to us, let your word grip our hearts. Help us to respond to your word. Father, we pray that you would bring a change. This You will use your word today, Lord Master, this morning as I preach, to bring changes in our lives for your glory. It is your work, and we commit that into your pressure. Hide me behind the cross. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. This morning, I wanted to share with you on a topic called a biblical social obligation. If you turn your Bibles, if you have to Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 to 11. De Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 to 11. If you have your Bibles, you can please turn and um, I will be reading it to you. If any is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for cancelling debts is near, so that you do not show ill-will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart then because of this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to there will be always there will always be poor people in the land therefore I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in the land from the very beginning of God's concern is towards the oppressed and the poor people. When Cain killed Abraham, Abel, the Bible tells us that God intervened and questioned Cain, confronted him, asked him to confess and then finally punishes him. In Genesis chapter 21 verses 19 we find how Hagar was lost with her son in the desert without water. She could not bear a son dying all alone, oppressed. 
nothing in their hands and the bible says god came down he opened her opened her eyes and she was able to see a well of water so that she could fill the skin with water and give the boy a drink so that he could be saved ishmael could be saved and later on you find that god is saying i will bless israel i will bless ishmael for abraham's sake god saved ishmael and hagar in exodus the bible tells us in exodus 22 22 do not take advantage of a widow or an orphan a god does not want us to take advantage of a widow or an orphan Exodus 23:6 the bible says do not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits god has been merciful god does not want the widows and the orphans to suffer nobody should take advantage of the needy people the poor people the helpless people and then he says when poor people come in lawsuits in their lawsuits for judgment do not pervert judgment do not deny them justice and then you read in exodus 23:11 during the seventh year let the land lie unplowed and unused then the poor among your people may get food from it and the wild animals may eat what they leave do the same with your vineyards and your olive grove just think of it god says in the seventh year six years you do everything you want in the seventh year let the land not just be unplowed and unused then the poor among your people may get food from it and the wild animals may eat he was careful even for the wild animals that they may receive food and you read in leviticus 9 and 19 and verse 10 do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen leave them for the poor and the alien i am the lord your god my dear brother my dear sister we have to remember that the god whom you and i worship is a god whose eyes are upon the poor upon the needy upon the suffering upon the people who are helpless the vulnerable the downtrodden god is the god of the bible is a god with all such people he wants to help them and heart of god is very much inclined towards such needy people in the bible we read in the book of amos chapter 9 and verse 7 prophet amos is very upset with the people god is speaking to him through about social justice and he says in amos 9 and verse 7 are you not like the people of ethiopia to me or children of israel says the lord did i not bring up israel from the land of egypt the philistines from capto and the syrians from kir just think of it we always think that god worked only for the israelites and brought them from the land of egypt but here you find god found his creation he found his people that who were in philistine the philistines and then the syrians who suffered under oppressive people and the bible says i brought them out i brought them out i saw the tears i saw their pain i saw their agony i saw their loneliness i saw the oppression i could not keep quiet and i brought them out and he's telling the israelites people you were not only the special people but i had other people to whom i help and you can read the same thing in deuteronomy chapter 2 deuteronomy chapter 2 verses 2 to 6 and 18 to 23 
the bible says god acted in history for the other nations who were oppressed and who were vulnerable to be persecuted my dear brother my dear sister may this morning god's word speak to us challenge our minds challenge our hearts and let it really shake us from our complacency what the social biblical social obligation of a christian is let god's word minister to us let god's word transform us i've been praying i said lord we want to change we want to change we want to change we just don't want to listen to a sermon and we want to just be like that we want to change in our life even when we meet together on thursdays pastor and me we pray lord bring a change in all our lives and i wanted to pray that this morning that this message will bring a change in the way we view the social obligation we have in our lives from the bible what the bible says first one i want to tell you it is unfortunate that people become poor or people are poor first remember it is unfortunate that people become poor or people are poor this chapter speaks to the affluent and it does not deal with man's failure to use god's given talents to become rich it is not talking to in general to human beings it's talking to the affluent people this scripture and but with a concern and compassion for the underprivileged and the poor people and when most of the translations say of deuteronomy verse 7 15 verse 7 as if any is poor among your fellow israelites he was speaking to the people of israel he said there's any one is poor among your israelites but esb gives a little different translation i like this even esb translation english standard version translation it says if among you one of your brothers should become poor what does it mean one of your brothers should become poor you know both amounts to the same the people of israel were nomads they were coming from egypt they walked through the wilderness and now they're going to enter the promised land all of them are having the same equal financial status but god also knew there are people who will become poor he was able to see the poor people well in advance it was a land flowing with milk and honey great things were there people could enjoy and have plenty but he also know there are there will be some people who become poor for various reasons he was sure he knew that foolishness or no proper planning financial planning can make some people poor bad choices of investments or maybe addictions so you find that people can become a poor even though they enter the promised land with the same uh, level of uh, financial uh, status they can become poor for various reasons and i wanted to ask you this morning as we sit before god's presence is all that we have has come to us through legal means are we have we cheated anybody in life are have we grabbed someone's things in our life have we exploited the poor people in our lives and also important do we help the poor and poor and the needy people in this world today we find land grabbing 
fighting for property within the family, murders, lying to cheat someone are some of the things that are happening in the Christian circles too. Just think of it. Isn't it shameful, painful? And sometimes we may not be doing all these great things, but a little bit of carelessness towards the poor people, towards our, towards our poor brothers and sisters can really hurt and make our God sad. Some will do anything to come up in life. They want promotion. They want money. They can do anything to get it. They can manipulate words. They can scheme things, malicious intent. And we make others poor. We destroy others' lives. But in the midst of all this, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17, if anyone with earthly possession sees his brother in need, but withholds his compassion from him, how can the love of God abide in him? Here the Bible says, if anyone sees his brother in need, that is the own brother, our Christian brothers and sisters, it talks about here with the scripture. But the Bible, even though it talks about the Christian brother and sister, it's also the in general, because Jesus said very clearly, who is my neighbor? Even my enemy is my neighbor. That's what he mentioned in Luke chapter uh, in the, the book of Luke, that even my enemy, even the enemy who is my brother. So here you find that God has been gracious. God has been merciful. And he wants us to remember that there are people who become poor. And there are people who remain poor for a long time because people have exploited them. Sometimes because of the poor's own mistakes, sometimes because of the exploitation and the other's uh, way of dealing with the poor people in, unjust, in an unjust way. Now, God's gracious care for the poor, as I mentioned earlier, God really cared for the poor. And in this passage, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7 onwards, he says, if anyone is poor among your fellows, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Rather be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. And give them freely whatever they need. And in King James Version, the verse 8 says, Mother shall open thy hand wide. You shall open the hand wide unto him and surely lend him sufficient for his need in which he wanteth. If anyone of your brothers should become here, it says, but shall open thy hand wide. You can pass this slide, please. Uh, here it says, uh, go, can go for. And here the Bible says that we have to open our hands wide. Lend. It talks about lending, giving, helping, standing with someone so that we, they can be helped. Last four months, the world has seen more poor people every day and needy people increasing every day than I think any time in the history of the human race. I think so. Or maybe in the modern times, this is the worst period. How can we open our hands wide? And the way we open our hands wide will determine how much the gospel has touched our heart. 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I believe it should not only touch our heart, should also touch our purses and our bank accounts. It should touch our hands, it should touch our purses, it should touch our bank, bank account. God wants our hearts and our hands to move out towards the poor and needy people. Poor and needy people, I feel both are interchangeable, but one is poorer than the other. Our heart should find out the needs of the poor people. And Bible says, help them in whatever they need. It's important that we see, we connect, we know, we ask people and help out the people who are in need. Not just because they will come and ask, some of them may not ask, but they will suffer in pain, suffer in, in agony. What to do, to whom to ask. And I'll tell you, God has kept you and me like angels, angels to come and help them. My dear brother, my dear sister, we can be angels in the presence of God, whom God can send to help the poor and needy people. God gave the people 10 commandments and various laws. And God is very careful to include the care for the poor in the laws that he gave them. The 10 commandments, the laws, the statutes, and he included the poor. Deuteronomy 15 and 9. The Bible, here the Bible uh, tells us uh, if the Israelites were supposed to uh, give uh, to the uh, to lend to the people uh, to help the people and the Bible says don't uh, stop giving it on the sixth year because in the seventh year it's a year, year of release and God tells them very clearly don't stop it you please give it to them and if they appeal to me against you and then God says then you will be found guilty and my dear brother my dear sister and in verse 10, he says, give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. The seventh year is the cancellation of debts. So in the sixth year, don't stop from giving. When they approach you for help, for loan, give them, give them. And God is saying, your heart should always be open to them. You know, in these two verses, the wicked thought and uh, grudgingly and you know I looked out uh, to different translation and different words I was able to pick out and the Bible translators have used to wicked thought, unworthy thought, base thought, wicked heart and then evil eye and then they say grudgingly or uh, grieved, stingy. These are some of the words different translation, uh, uh, translators use to explain how the people who don't give are. We live with a wicked thought, think of it. We, we live with an un unworthy thought, base thought. That means very mean, very cheap thought, wicked heart, evil eye, grudging, no joy in giving, greed. There's a pain and stingy for many to give to the poor people. There's a mind block and they get disturbed. Why should I give? How can I give? And the Bible says, if you and I refuse to give, they will cry against you. That's very dangerous. They will be crying to God, Lord, help us. And the Bible says they will cry against you and you will be found guilty. 
and this guilt we will never be able to recompense and the bible says in psalm 145 and verse 16 god opens the hands and satisfies the desire of every living creatures he opens his hand wide and gives it to every living person in this world the animals the birds and you know jesus said he god, god causes the sun to rise on the wicked and on the just he gives rain and sunshine to both the people that is our god and he wants us to be the same and uh, this social obligation that god had in his heart he, he has placed it in our heart now he wants us to do the same and deuteronomy 15 and 10 because of this the lord will bless in all the works and in all that they put us the hand to just think of it your hand is stretched out our hands are stretched out to the poor and needy people and God sees that hand and the Bible says God will bless those hands God the Bible says God will make those hands to be blessed and in all that you put the hand to God says I will bless it I will bless you my dear brother my dear sister sometimes you know when I when I read different books um, some people say no when you give you cannot expect yes we should never expect it's not a business but then you and I are thankful to people who help us we want to re re repay them we want to bless them we want to make them happy and where did we get this quality is it from our own no we are a fallen nature because we have the image of God and God's image is one he he records the good and he repays it. I can tell you many, 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 many testimonies from my own life. But I'm not saying give because you will receive. I don't say that. Please don't get me wrong. I would like to share one small testimony that happened a few years ago. And I, I, can, I can quote many examples from my own life. But at the same time, I, would, I don't want you to mistake thinking you give and you will receive. No. In the year 19, uh, 2014, I resigned from a very large church. I was having money, plenty of money. But when I resigned, everything was on the other side. I had to look to God for everything. And towards Christmas, always before that, I used to liberally help out to a lot of people. But that particular Christmas, I did not do. I did not have much money in my hand. I did not do. And it was 22nd December. I remember, uh, 20th December, I remember it very well. 20th December, I remember it very well. I was in a meeting preaching and the Spirit of God began to challenge me and said, in my spirit, in my heart, impressed me. Four days more for Christmas. Normally you help the needy people, poor people, you have not done it. And uh, as I was preaching, I was telling the Lord, Lord, I will do it. And the next day, my wife and me, we went to these poor people's houses to whom we normally help our every Christmas. And not big money, small money, put it into covers and gave them. They were so happy. 
They were so joyful. They said, oh, you thought of us and came to our house at this part of the night to give us. And they were very happy. They blessed us and they sent us. December 31st, my wife and me, I the inventory of the money that I got and the money that went out and what was the money balance. And I was very happy that God had enabled me. Please don't mistake me, please. I'm just saying, telling some ex experience that I had in my life. Here the Bible says he will bless your hand. So I'm just trying to explain to you something that happened without me realizing that would happen. And we, we, uh, I checked out and I was amazed that, you know, a huge amount had gone out of me, a big amount had gone out of me, big percentage. I was happy. And we went for 31st December service, came back and uh, January 1st, uh, Samuel, we should be with Samuel and Ajit. And second morning, Samuel calls us and says, daddy and mommy, I have to pay 3000 US dollars in my college to clear my last uh, term speech. If I don't clear, then I can't enter. I have to do it by Friday. So we told Samuel, Samuel, sorry, Samuel, you know that we don't have that money. He said, I know, Daddy, you don't have that money. Mommy, you don't have that money. Pray. And the whole day was a real, real challenge. It was, it was really torturing us because if he doesn't pay, he can't continue. And where, what will he do in the U.S.? And uh, we began to look to God the whole day. That night, I went to bed. I could not sleep for some time. I began to pray and look to God and say, Lord, when someone is in need, you're telling me to go and give. Now my son is in need in the US. I don't know what to do. You please raise someone and help my son. He is in need. And I went to bed. And next day morning, I, I take my mobile to see. And the first SMS I saw was Samuels. And he said, Daddy, God did a miracle. He said, his friend's parents from Ireland, who does not know Samuel at all, has not seen him. They told him, unexpectedly, we got some money. Samuel, we thought of you, and we're sending you 2,000 euros. And then one, another friend of his came and said, Samuel, this is a New Year gift for you, and give him $1,000. That more than $3,000, which he has to pay within five days, God gave it to him in one day. Overnight, you know, it was amazing. When we went to the U.S., we met the dean of students, Mr. Dr. Boyd of the Oral Roberts University, a man who was who's got a good standing, highly qualified, and he made us sit, my wife and me, with Samuel, and we were talking a lot of things. And one thing he said, Samuel has come many times into my room and said, "Doctor, I'm quitting. I don't have money, but." I've always encouraged him and he said, he pointed at Samuel and said, financial miracles has followed this young man throughout all the four years of his studies. I was, we were touched more than all the things. The thing that really blessed us was that God could take care of him. My dear brother, my dear sister, I want to encourage you. This is not a give and receive policy. I don't say that. Please don't get me wrong. I mean, you care for the poor. You care for the needy. And God is a gracious God. He records. And when we are in challenge, God comes down. One commentator, Mr. Henry, Matthew Henry says, this is 
this is not about loans, but helping people. Our hand has to be. He said that this is something to do with the money that God is willing to give us back when we invest for others. Uh, he takes care. Many times, many times I've seen that I want to encourage you, open your heart, open your purses, open your bank accounts. Today, people are in need. People are in pain. How will they know that we care, we love? Deuteronomy 15, 11 say, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Apply that to our own situation, to our own people, our brothers and sisters in India. There will be always be poor. I can, we can read that in two different ways. One is, there will be poor people because of exploitation, because of bad choices, bad investments. On the other way, I look at this, there will be poor people always. So we can really be a blessing to them. We can be a blessing to them. And looks like God is telling us, my brother, my dear sister, God is telling us, we can always be a blessing and be blessed. And remember, Paul said it is more blessed to give than to receive, even if you don't receive anything back. Praise God. Because the Bible says the giving itself is a blessed act. Giving itself is a blessed act. More than this, what do we need? And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14 and verse 21, Blessed is he who is kind to the needy. Kind to the needy, not it says he shows is to the needy honors God. Who was kind to the needy honors God. And Proverbs 15 25. The Lord tears down the proud man's house, but he keeps the widow's boundaries intact. God fights for the poor people. God is there. He's watching. And then in Proverbs 17, 25, he says, he who mocks the poor shows contempt for the maker. He that oppresses the poor shows contempt and he that mocks the poor shows contempt to the maker. We disrespect God. That's what the Bible says. And Proverbs 19, 17, it says, he was kind to the poor, lends to the Lord and he will reward him for what he has done. These are all scriptures. God says, I will, I'm not saying give to receive. Give because it is a blessed thing to give. And God is a gracious God. And, and uh, Proverbs 22, 9 says, a generous man himself will be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. Please note the scripture very carefully. It says he shares is not his extra food. You eat your full, okay, I put extra food, extra rice, extra, so I'm giving, I have extra money, I give. No, the scripture tells us in another translation, King James Version, New King James, it says, he gives off his poor to the poor. He gives off his bread to the poor. We give off our wealth and all that we have. And if you read Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 4, I want to quote these scriptures. I want you to know that how much God has placed the scriptures that we care for the poor. 
you have been this is what the I, this is what Isaiah was telling about God. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in his distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall. You know, the people are going into exile. They will be in a distressed situation. And Isaiah is profitably, uh, prophetically saying, he will be a refuge for the poor. And in 41, 17, he says, the poor and needy search for water. And uh, he says that there is none, but there is none to help them. Their tongue are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the Lord of Israel, will not forsake them. How will God answer them? How will not God forsake them? It is through you and me. It is through you and me, the purse that we have, money we have. God says, it is through you. I will answer them. It is through you. I will not forsake them. It's a huge blessing for you and me to be a blessing to the needy people. Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 7, he says, And when you fast, it's not the kind I've chosen, fasting I've chosen, to lose the chains of injustice and you know, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. It is not to share your food, your food, your food, your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. We can fast and pray. We can preach. We can teach. We can you know, say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We can say I'm a believer. Claim promises. But God says my son, my daughter, when you fast and pray, not only you pray for yourself, for your need, there is something more I want you to see around. And in 5810, he says, it's, it's a chapter on fasting. Read it. It says, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will shine, rise in the darkness and your, night, and your night will become like the noonday. If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. And you know why the people, I, I want you to just wait, please. Play the next slide. I will tell you can play them. You, 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 know, you know why the people of uh, uh, people in Sodom were destroyed? We all know that they were destroyed because of their filthy lifestyle, evil lifestyle. But it was not only that, there is something more. And you can read that in Ezekiel 16 and verse 49. Can you play that slide, please? It says, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. God is speaking to the people of Israel and Judah and saying, this is the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. Think of it. Judgment of God on a nation. Destroying a nation. Not only because of their filthy lifestyle, but also because they did not help the poor and needy. So for you and me, the entire life, Christian life, should cover also our purses and our bank accounts. I repeat that, our purses and our bank accounts. It has to be touched. And if you read, contrast this with Psalm 41, verses 1 to 3, God brings judgment in Ezekiel. Uh, to, on Sodom and Gomorrah, Ezekiel says that, but in Psalm 41 verses 1 to 3, here says, blessed are those who regard, who have a regard for the weak, 
And another translation says, who considers the poor. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desire of the foe. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from the bed of illness. I jokingly say always when I preach on finance, I say the scripture is the free medical insurance for all of us. I don't say that we will not fall sick. I don't say all of us will be, but here there is a comfort which God gives. But I met a man some time ago and he was a very unlearned man, but he has got plenty of money. His parents had bought a lot of lands during those days when Bangalore was uh, less populated. And when the parents died, he got a lot of money. He sold the land. He became a very rich man, but he was a simple man, very rich man, a lot of wealth. He accepted the Lord, but he used to do one thing. He will help the poor a lot. One day I met him and there was a huge program and that organizer said, he is the one who has sponsored everything for today's meeting. And it was a huge amount, huge budget. So I looked at this man and I said, I'm very happy to meet you. I'm so glad that you have been so gracious. In the course of the conversation, he said, he gave me a testimony. He said, Thambi, means younger brother, I want to tell you one testimony. I was sick nearly 15 years ago. My heart was very weak. And doctors said, I have to undergo a surgery. I was very frightened of surgery. They put me in the hospital bed and I was uh, about to get operated the next day. And uh, when, as they were, they, they were ready to operate me, they've done all the tests, they found that my heart was weak. That night, the day before the surgery, I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw an angel coming to me and touching my chest, telling me to open my shirt. I opened my shirt. The angel, he said, it's all in a dream. The angel puts his hand inside his chest, removes his heart, places it on the table, takes another heart, places inside him, touches him, and tells him, you're healed, and vanishes away. I get up from my sleep, and it's only a dream. I was really disheartened it was only a dream. But one change I noticed, I could breathe freely. Next day morning, the nurses came to prepare me for surgery. So I told them, no, I'm able to breathe freely. I'm sure I'm healed. I told them my testimony. They did not believe it. The doctors came. I told the doctors, doctors did not believe it. They said, sorry, you know, you are really saying this because you're frightened. But I told them, sir, I will pay any amount of money for the test. You do all the retest and then you do the surgery. The doctors said, okay, they did all the tests. They kept the old report this side, the old report on the other side. They compared and they found that everything in my old report, which had been absolutely weak and abnormal, has become normal and is I'm able to breathe normally. And doctors said, you don't need a surgery. They sent me home. And 15 days, he's hitting his chest and saying, 15 years, he's hitting his chest and God has given me a new heart. So I told him, the scripture, you consider the poor people, God has sustained you 
on the bed of sickness. My dear brother, my dear sister, you and I, I have to really care for the poor and needy people, not because we can receive healing, not because we can receive something back, <clears throat> because we can be what God wanted us to be. And then at Mount Sinai, in Exodus 19, God wants us to do this. Why? God said to Moses, if you obey my voice and keep my commandment, then you should be a special treasure to me above all people and all the earth is mine and you shall be to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He told them the above verse and he said that he has given them this as well as the other laws and the commandments and then he entered into a covenant with them. He said, when you can, you are a special people, you will be a special people if you can keep my commandments and if you can keep my laws, if you can keep my covenant, you are a very special people. And that's one side. On the other side, he tells them that I will, I will make a covenant with you. Are you willing? And then the people agree. The people agree and say, yes, we will be. We will do that. And in that covenant, in that laws, was a care for the poor people. You read that and see it in Exodus 19 on 20 onwards, you find how he has written about the poor people. Yes, my dear brother, my dear sister, today, God has made a covenant with you and me through the blood of Jesus. Today, we are going to renew that covenant and remember that great sacrifice of Jesus. I want to ask you and encourage you, where is your heart now? Exodus 22, 25, he says, if you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy and do not treat it like a business deal, charge no interest. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you return to it by sunset because that cloak is the only covering your neighbor has. What else can they sleep in when they cry to me? And then he says something. I am compassionate. God says, I am compassionate. I don't want you to take advantage. And to New King James Version, it says, I am gracious. I am gracious. He's a, he's a covenant keeping God and he wants us to keep the covenant. He's a compassionate and a gracious God. He wants us to be compassionate and gracious. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The poor people, poor in spirit, poor, poor spiritually, poor you know, financially, people who could not afford he inaugurated the kingdom with the poor people and Jesus himself was born in a poor family. I wanted to encourage all of us. The anointing upon Jesus was to help the poor and needy people. The good news to the poor. And Jesus has commissioned us for the same task. And he said, as the father had sent me, even so I'm sending you. Jesus exhibited this in his ministry. He exhibited it widely in his ministry. He saw the oppressed people, multitudes, he healed them, he helped them, he strengthened them. He was moved with compassion. The Bible says in Luke chapter 7 that how when he saw a widow of Nain, who saw the only son taken out to be buried, she never comes to Jesus, but Jesus goes and says, uh, and touches the bride and said, my young man, arise. And the Bible says he gets up. He knew the widow will be left helpless without her son. 
He is moved with compassion. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God gave. God gave. God gave. The real debt is not the money you owe, but the debt of sin that no one can pay. And this command to cancel outstanding debts during the Sabbath year is a shadow of the cancellation of the debt we owe to God. We owe to God a lot. Our life has to be taken out. The moment we have sinned and become disrespectful to God's laws. But God has been merciful. And we find that in the Gospels, Jesus was talking about a servant who was unmerciful and forgiving. He wants us to be merciful to others, kind to others. And Galatians 2.10, Jesus said, Paul said, all the ask was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing that I had been eager to do along. The council in Jerusalem, the elders in Jerusalem, they give them what all they should do. And one of the things they add is, remember the poor. That is part and parcel of the gospel. What we believe, what we have accepted, what the covenant we have received from God for heaven is also included for us to care for the poor. Jesus was commissioned and we are also commissioned because of his covenant, because of his compassion, because of his commission. I want to encourage all of us. Help. Look to God. Look to God. He wants us to care for the poor. I'm going to close in a few minutes. Maybe another two, three minutes. There was a man who was driving his old car and going. He saw a rich lady whose car was broken down. She was looking tensed. This man goes up to her and asks her, can I help you? She said, yes, I have a flat tire. Can you help me? He goes in sets the tire for her. He dirties his already dirty shirt. His car looks worn out compared to this car. This was a Mercedes Benz. And what car he was driving was an old car rattling. And she offers him money. What can I do for you? Can I give you something? So this man looked at her and said, no. But when you see someone in need, please extend your kindness to that person. Let not this chain stop. Let this pass on. And he took his car, thanked and went away. That evening, the whole, whole afternoon, this lady was speaking. That evening, she had gone to a restaurant to eat. And this whole thought was coming, what he said, don't cut this chain. Reach out to someone who is in need. She sees in that restaurant, a lady who was into almost full-blown pregnancy working she was serving food. She was cleaning the table. And she was the one who served food to her. She looked at that lady. And she was moved with compassion. She said, look at her. Maybe her condition is really very poor. That's why at this part of her age, this part of her life, she's doing this stage. She's doing this work. After the food was served, she gave a tip. And she went away, thanked her and went away. This lady opens the money, opens that uh, folder, and she finds $100 bill. The bill was only about $10. $100 bill was there. She was very happy. 
Then when she lifted that folder, she saw another $400 bill. Now, by the way, that man who went by, who went and helped her, asked, she asked him, what is your name? And he told the name, I am John. And John, uh, uh, John Bryan. And uh, it was over. This lady took the money, she goes home. Very happy, she tells her husband, John Bryan, I've got a news for you. God has taken care of our needs. And she showed him the $400 bills and that extra money that she got it as a tip. John Bryan did a kind act to someone who was in need on the road. He never expected anything back. But God arranged things to fall in place that the kindness came back through his wife into his family. Friend, my dear brother, my dear sister, these are not coincidences I'm talking about. These are all the work of God. Please believe in the work of God. I'm not saying go, be kind because something will come back to you. No, be kind because God has been kind to you and me. The whole story of canceling the debts is to remind us God has forgiven you. God has not extracted everything from you. Instead, he paid for it. And God is telling my son, my daughter, I want you to be kind, helpful to the poor and needy. What can be our response? I just give you some ideas. I want you to play the slide, please. Decide to set apart a percentage of your income for the poor apart from your tithes and offerings you give to the church. Calculate a percentage, not a certain amount, percentage, and keep that amount separately to send it to the poor and needy people. You can help someone to set up a small shop or buy pushcart to sell vegetables or buy provisions. I remember I grew up watching NGR movies. And once upon a time, I was in a restaurant. No, sorry, I was in a, a restaurant in Coimbatore, yes. And uh, there is a huge restaurant, one of my students' restaurant. When I went in there with my wife on the left side in front of the lobby, there was a huge portrait of M.G. Ramachandran. So I asked my friend, why this photo? He said this hotel is only because of him. He only helped us to start the hotel. Today we have grown big. There was another newspaper article when Anjapur restaurant started in Bangalore. In Hindu it came. And the Anjapur restaurant owner was none other than a cook when MGR was a film star. Wherever he went, he used to go and cook for him. So MGR had plenty of money and gave it to him and said, you start a restaurant, you're doing well. And Anjapur chain of restaurants came up. I was just thinking, a worldly man, a man who did not know God, he can help someone to start a life. And today they've come out. How much more you and I, the children of God, can do that? Setting up something small for someone who could really come up in life. Do not bargain for 10, 20 rupees with the poor pushcart vendors and street vendors. Some of them, some of us are very mean, sad to say that word mean. We go to big malls and willing to pay the money, mark MRP. We are willing to give a card, swipe and come. Not even check the bills. 
but we are the same people who will bargain with a pushcart vendor and a street vendor for 10, 20 rupees. God is watching, my dear brother, my dear sister. Let's be gracious. Let's not bargain with them. They're sweating, pushing the cart street to street, selling. Let them take 10 rupees, 20 rupees extra. Don't bargain with them. Don't ask for 10 rupees, 15 rupees change back when you give. Let them have it. Give it to them. Don't ask for changes. You buy for 30 rupees, 50 rupees, give it back. Or 60 rupees, give it back. Let them have it. Tip the security and your garbage collectors and other poor people who come across to help you, serve you. Give them, help them. Yes, there are people who will exploit. But let's be gracious and show the love of God. We must sacrifice some necessities to save money to help the poor and needy regularly. Maybe come forward and say, Lord, I wanted to really sacrifice some of the necessities. We must cut down buying too expensive things so we can have money to help the poor and needy people. Some of us are willing to buy expensive ones for ourselves. But when it comes to give to the poor and needy, when there is a, when there is a, a need coming, we don't, ex, we don't give it. I wanted to tell this. Our church has been gracious to help the poor in Southern Mangla. Pastor posts that, how the church is helping those people. We do not know from the same slum, there will arise, God willing, a great man of God, a great prophet of God, a great collector, a CA, a judge, a scientist, maybe a big professor. We have that. We are helping them on a regular basis. You can stand with the church, with the basket club. You can give generously from this money that you keep away to help the poor. And I want to tell you, God will take note of it. God will be too pleased. We will become the hands and the heart of God to reach the poor people. I wanted to tell you, God has been gracious. He has canceled our debts of sin freely. And Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Let's come to God and say, Lord, I want my life to be different from now. I want to move ahead in changing my lifestyle. I want to teach my sons, my daughters. I want to teach my family how to give. I don't want them to grab everything for themselves. I want to teach them. I'm sure the Lord will do this for us.